0: I'm not going to continue where we were. We're going to kind of punt this morning, and do some things a little bit different. And since it is voting season, since it is that time, uh, I figure why not let's look at how um, God would want you to cast your ballot. So God, politics, and the church. How about that? God, politics, and the church. Now here's the thing you need to know. If the donkey, if the elephant and the donkey have let you down, it's time to turn to the lamb, Amen. It's kind of time to turn there and, and realize that the government is not your savior. Uh, that is Christ. That is who takes care of that for us. <clears throat> but a lot of people, if you including churches, I'm listening to a lot of pastors in our area, our local area, and they're all saying, "This time we got to do this. We got to do that. We got to change here. We got to change that. We got to do all these different things." And, and instead of thinking rationally, instead of praying for it, they're only concerned about how they feel. And folks, let me tell you. This is no longer about two candidates. This is not a popularity contest when you go to the vote. That's not what this is about at all. This is not uh, about who do you like the most. It is sad because we have come to a place in our country where we are voting on major issues. And Satan has tricked us into thinking that we have to vote for a particular person instead of a particular platform and format. So I want us to begin to think about as we vote, as we cast that ballot, the church must cast a biblical vote. The church must cast a biblical vote. How do we do that? Well, we do it by looking at 2 Chronicles 7.14. 2 Chronicles 7.14, if you have your Bible, would you turn there and let's stand together as we read from God's word.
1: 2 Chronicles 7.14. It says, if my people who are called by my name
0: will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Father, we ask this morning that you would speak to our hearts, God, that we would be willing to hear from you, literally hear from heaven. Father, we would be right with you. We would confess our sin, that we would
1: agonize over our sin, that we would be broken, God, over our sin, so that we can hear correctly what you're saying to us. We pray this in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. Amen. So the church must cast a biblical vote. What does that mean? A biblical vote. Well,
0: it has to do with the fact that you and I, what we think, how we feel, what our finances say, what we desire, doesn't matter. What matters is, what would God have you do? How would you cast? How would God have you vote? That becomes the important part. Now, who God puts in as, as our president here in the United States, we're going to trust that God is still in control no matter who is in there. Can I get an amen for that? No matter how it looks, no matter which one of them it gets, um, it's neither, it, whoever gets in there, is, I'm sure it's going to wind up being some sort of circus before it's all said and done anyway. It's going to be insane. It's going to be crazy. There are going to be people riot. There are going to be people upset, people mad, people angry. So what do we have to do? We have to cast a biblical vote. We have to ask God how to vote. And unfortunately, in a lot of our churches, as I'm watching social media, I'm hearing pastors tell people how to vote. They're forgetting that, one, that's not their position, that's not their job. They're simply supposed to do what I'm going to do this morning and give you the word of God. And if we give you the word of God, then God's word will tell you how to vote, not the pastor. But a lot of pastors are telling people, you got to vote this way, you got to do this, you got to do that. And they're angry in their delivery. Because they're not happy with certain things that are going on. Well, folks, we have a choice in America today. And that is literally to vote in some sort of horrible platform, horrible format when it comes to little children that are not even born yet. The Bible is very clear about the unborn. And I want to read this to you. Psalm 139, verses 13 through 16. It says, for you form me.
1: And in your book, they all were written. The days fashioned for me when as yet there was none of them. Folks, the Bible is very clear when it comes to the womb. The womb is to be
0: protected. Because God does some of his most awesome and beautiful work
1: inside the womb.
0: Listening on social media, you will hear nowadays, well, abortion is not the only sin in the world. Folks, if it's one that a platform stands for up to birth, that's a platform that a Christian shouldn't be able to stand for. That is something that a Christian should be sickened by knowing that there is a particular platform out there saying we would support abortion all the way up to the moment of birth. I'm not going to go into detail about what that would mean, but hopefully you have done your Homework enough to know that partial birth abortion is murder. But yet there's a platform that says not only do we support women's rights, we support it to the point that the
1: day of birth they can still have an abortion. Folks, there's something wrong here. There's something wrong when we have come to a place
0: where we would rather have things our way than God's way. And that's exactly what a lot of churches are telling us. You've got to change. We've got to have this. We've got to have that. It's time to to do something different. And, And the reality of it is we have been chasing something different for so long that we have forgotten what God's word says. And God's word is all about protecting the unborn. Yes, I know that there are people who have had abortions in our church. But they've also found the grace of God, and they no longer are proponents of that. They have to deal with the guilt and the hurt and the pain. But I'm going to tell you something. God is a God who is good and faithful and full of grace. And those very ones that I know who have had them would tell you straight up, they will not vote for anyone who says that that's a good thing because
1: they know the pure living hell that that brings upon them. I'm telling you, this is something that Christians cannot vote for. So how then do we pray? How, how then do we cast our ballot? How can we make this? Because
0: I've got all these ideas. I've got all these great things that, if, that, that, that I like on, on both sides. How do I know how to do this? How then, Brother Tom, do I, do I know how to cast my ballot? Well, you're going to have to agonize over it, much like Christ did before he went to the cross.
1: You see, I believe that casting your ballot is very, very important for your nation. Who you vote for is extremely, extremely important. And just
0: going up and saying, well, I'm going to vote this way because this is how my grandparents did it. This is how my mom and daddy did it. Well, that's just insanity. You should know why you vote the way you vote. And as a church, as Christians, you should certainly know how to vote biblically. How then do I prepare myself? How do I get ready to go in and face that booth? How do I know what to do? Well, I think that we need to pray properly for our nation. When was the last time you just prayed for God's will to be done here in our nation? Oftentimes, we're praying for certain things to happen, certain things to take place. But are we actually praying for God's will to be done? Lord, we want your will done. God, even if it doesn't make me happy, even if your will is for me not to have all the wealth and the riches and the nice home and the protection of a beautiful church. God, if all of that is stripped away, I want what you want above all things. I'm afraid that a lot of us vote according to what our pocketbook's going to do. We vote according to how we think the economy is going to do under a particular uh, group of people, whether it be Republican or Democrat, uh, libertarian or independent. However, we, we think we need to vote. You have all these different options. We vote a lot of times not based upon scripture, not based upon prayer. We just walk into a ballot, because we, to a voting place because we've always done it this way. So we cast our ballot according how our tradition has said to do it instead of praying over things. Praying over how to vote. Jesus did this in Matthew 26. He didn't pray on how to vote, but he agonized over what was about to happen. He knew what was coming. And I want us to look at how he did this and, and how it can then tie into what we do in the voting booth. Matthew 26, verse 36 says, Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. How many of you are truly sorrowful and deeply distressed over the state of our country right now? Do you pray regularly for your country? Do you pray regularly for what is happening and what is about to happen? Do you lift up in prayer those people around you that are leading you? Do you remember your, uh, your mayor, your, your, your city councilman, your school board? Do you pray? Do you agonize over decisions that they have to make? Are you in constant prayer for those in leadership? Are we just so comfortable with our own lives that we forget to pray for our nation? Jesus has some major things about to happen. His life's about to be taken. And I'm going to tell you
1: something. America's life is very close to being taken. We are very close to losing everything we were founded upon here in this great nation. Verse 37 says, And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began
0: to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. And he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. Folks, America needs you to stay here and watch with her. They need you to stand, she needs you to stand up for her in prayer, to kneel before God in prayer over those who are leading her and those who are in Congress and the Senate and the House. God needs you to, to deal with them by name, to pray for them, to seek them. And said, what I hear a lot of times from pastors on social media is how, you know, how
1: horrible they think of certain people. But here's the question. Are they praying for them? Are they remembering them in prayer? Verse 39
0: says, He went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed saying, Oh my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless,
1: not as I will, but as you will. Are you praying just for what you want in America to happen? Are
0: you praying for God's will to take place? Because folks, if you've never read Revelation, you should read it. Anybody ever read America? Anything about America
1: in the book of Revelation? There's not, we're not there. Why? Because this day's coming. So we better be in prayer. And if the person you don't vote for winds up in there, you should still be in prayer. says, Father,
0: let this cup pass from me, nevertheless not as I will, but as you will. Jesus is telling him, Father, my flesh is weak.
1: I know what I desire. But I want your will to be done. Folks, we need to be praying for God's will to be done in America.
0: We need to be praying for God to have his will done, but we also need to pray biblically and vote biblically. Cast that ballot, and if the person that you vote for doesn't get in, let me tell you something. That does not change your position. You're still to pray. You're still to seek God. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said, Peter, what, could you not watch with me one hour? I'm afraid that the church has fallen asleep. This is the darkest moment in the, could be the darkest moment in in the history of our nation, and I'm afraid that the church has fallen asleep.
1: The reason that I believe we've fallen asleep is because we've forgotten what the Bible says.
0: The church is more concerned about our pocketbooks. Folks, do you realize that there's going to come a time when the church is no longer tax exempt? There's going to be a time when when you cast your money towards the church, you will not get something in return. You're not going to get a tax write off for donations. I wonder what would happen
1: if that came in the next few years. You may tell me what will happen most likely. Donations to the church will go down big time
0: because most people don't give donations. I'm serious. Most people don't give donations
1: with the right heart. They give them for a tax write-off. What a shame. And we're going to see that as things change. Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit of need is willing, but the flesh
0: is weak. And we know that Jesus continues to do this two more times and finally At that moment, the disciples are still asleep just as the nation, the the church, is still asleep in America for the most part. And the next thing you know, they come and they take Christ and they crucify him. Folks, if the church stays asleep in this election,
1: and they don't cast a ballot according to biblical responsibility, the country that we know will be no more. Somebody ask you why you vote a certain way. I hope you're answering because my—that's how my grandpa
0: did it, and my mom and dad did it, and that's just who I am. But I pray you can actually go to the scripture and say, "I
1: vote based upon life. I vote based upon faith, and I vote based upon who God says He is." Our Constitution was written. By some decent men.
0: No matter how much they want to turn history upside down. And try to make them the worst people ever. Our constitution was written by some men who love God.
1: And that is why God is mentioned throughout. That is why in God we trust is so important in our nation. But that can all change. In November. You need to be in prayer. God, how do I vote? God, what does this look like? What would it look like to cast a Christian ballot? doesn't matter what theme you go with with either politician. They're neither one going to fix this country. It's going to be the church on her knees before a holy God taking the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying country and a lost and dying world. That's what we need. So yes, if the elephant and the donkey have let you down, turn to the lamb. That's where America needs to be, turning back to the Lord. Pray. Pray for our nation. Pray for those in charge, whether you like them or not,
0: pray for them. And as a church, especially here at Pine Island, the one
1: thing I pray that we will do, we will be a church that prays for whoever God puts in the White House. And don't be mistaken, he already knows who wins in November. So it's time to trust him with whoever's in there. Whether you voted for them or not, you need to be in prayer for. Pray for our nation and cast a Christian ballot. Father, we thank you for your love and your grace. We thank you that you would allow us to come to a place today and be responsible as Christians. How to help our nation? move in the right direction and part of that is through prayer doing what is right scripturally and then father it's also by getting up and casting a ballot people don't realize how important that is but this is for the fight of our nation this is for the life of our nation but we need to vote according to biblical principles We pray this in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen.